0: chapter nine of the adventures of mabel by harry peck this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter nine the tricks of the bad wolf down in the woods where the good wolf lived there also lived a bad wolf he was a long lanky hungry-looking animal with mangy fur and great jagged yellow teeth he seldom came out in the daytime but slept from sunrise till sunset in a dark den where he had one small cub when it grew dark the bad wolf would come slinking out of the den and go prowling around in the night looking for little rabbits that were asleep in their burrows when he found them he would break their necks and carry them back to his den to eat he did not like the good wolf and the good wolf did not like him though they were fairly polite to each other when they met the day after mabel's animal party just at sunset the good wolf was walking past the bad wolf's den when the bad wolf looked out and saw him going by Hello growled the bad wolf i heard a funny thing about you last night the fox told me that he saw you out in the road near a house in the daytime yes said the good wolf that's so i went into the yard of the house too what cried the bad wolf into the yard did anyone see you why yes said the good wolf carelessly the little girl who lives there saw me and came out where i was really said the bad wolf who was greatly interested and did you eat her up aha i wish i could get a little girl to eat my brother once caught a little girl and ate her and he said that she was the tenderest bit of food that he had ever had in his life maybe you've got a little piece of her left eh if you have you might give me just a taste you know no said the good wolf shortly i didn't eat her no why not what a stupid thing well said the good wolf you see she knows the call oh said the bad wolf i wonder how she learned it i don't know answered the good wolf but anyhow i wouldn't touch her for she's a dear little thing pooh sneered the bad wolf you're no kind of a wolf to talk like that was there anything else to eat there yes said the good wolf there were lots of animals a horse a cow a dog a pig and a goat besides some small animals well of course you killed them cried the bad wolf what a lot of meat you must have now no said the good wolf i didn't touch one of them you see the little girl made me promise not to ugh snarled the bad wolf you're a regular fool wolf the idea of not killing them just because the little girl asked you not to ugh don't call me any names said the good wolf and he bristled up the hair on his neck and showed his long white teeth bad wolf felt afraid oh i'll take it back he said hastily i didn't mean anything but where do these animals live i don't know where most of them live said the good wolf but the horse the dog and the goat stay on the place where the little girl lives not that it's any of your business he added roughly ho said the bad wolf sulkily you needn't be so cross about it but the good wolf didn't want to listen to the bad wolf any longer so he turned his back on him and trotted off through the underbrush the bad wolf watched him till he was lost to sight in the gathering darkness hateful beast snarled he i'd like to stick my teeth in his throat then he went back into his den and lay down on his bed of dried leaves to wait till it should be really dark as he lay there he thought over all that he had learned from the good wolf he remembered how the good wolf had said that the large animals lived in the yard at mabel's and he wondered whether he might not be able to creep in there and get one of them he did not think much about killing a horse because he was afraid of being kicked by his hooves nor did he like dog meat but he thought of the goat and the more he thought the more he felt that a goat would be very good eating for himself and his cub a whole goat would last them for at least a week finally he couldn't stand it any longer i'll do it he said to himself he slipped out of the den in the darkness and prowled around until he found the fox. He asked the fox where the house was at which the good wolf had been the day before, and the fox told him. Then the bad wolf went out into the bushes and sharpened up his teeth on a long flint stone. And about midnight, he stole out of the woods into the road and went stealthily along it, over the bridge where the frogs lived, past the cross dogs' house, and finally came to Mabel's front gate. He raised the latch with his nose and went into the yard gliding around to the back of the house the moon was not shining but the sky was full of stars so that the night was not so very dark as the bad wolf peered about he saw the goat lying fast asleep near the barn the wolf slid along in the grass and got ready to make a leap at the goat and catch him by the throat so as to choke him and keep him from making a noise he glared at the poor sleeping goat so hard that he didn't notice towser who lay in his doghouse not far away with his head toward the door towser was not asleep for the mosquitoes had been troubling him a good deal and his eyes were still open all of a sudden he saw a great black body gliding across the yard toward the place where the goat lay sleeping in a minute he was wide awake and three sniffs of his nose told him that the creature stealing into the yard was a wolf towser was a large dog but he was not so large as a wolf nor so strong yet he was very brave He did not stop to think whether or not he could beat a wolf. He was ready to fight at any time, and now he was glad to think that he had not been asleep. He rose softly in his doghouse and stood all ready to spring, watching the movements of the bad wolf, and opening his mouth to bite him. The bad wolf was now only about six feet from the goat. In a minute more he would have rushed upon him, when Towser gave a fearful yell and leaped like a streak of lightning right on top of the wolf. And buried his teeth in the wolf's back now wicked wolves like wicked men are apt to be cowards and towser's rush was so sudden that the bad wolf was frightened half to death he didn't know whether it was a dog or a lion and he didn't wait to see but gave one awful howl and turned and ran out of the yard as hard as he could go as he went out of the gate he scraped towser off his back and then ran down the road toward the woods howling at the top of his voice The farmer happened to be sitting up late that night, mending a harness, and he heard the howls of the bad wolf long before he reached the house. A moment later, looking out of the window, the farmer saw a great black animal running down the road. Ha! said the farmer. I'll get my gun and just pepper him. So he snatched his shotgun down from the wall and poked it out of the window. Bang! went the shotgun just as the wolf was passing the house, and it filled his skin full of shot it was a birdshot and not very large so that it did not kill him but it stung him fearfully and he gave a yell ten times as loud as before when he reached the woods he dashed into his den and rolled on the leaves in pain rubbing his sides with his paws and grunting and snarling what's the matter cried his little wolf cub waking up and running over to him get along with you snarled the bad wolf cuffing him over the head and driving him back to his corner of the den All the next day, he lay on his leaves and grunted and moaned. The good wolf, who had heard all about it from the fox, came in, pretending that he had heard nothing. "'Good morning,' said he. "'Why, what's the matter? You don't look well.' "'No,' said the bad wolf, who did not want anyone to know what had happened. "'I, I, I had a fall last night off a high fence and bruised my back.' "'Curious thing,' said the good wolf. "'Why, your back looks as though it's full of little holes. "Ugh." grunted the bad wolf yes i fell down into a lot of briar bushes and the thorns stuck into me oh said the good wolf smiling then if i were you i shouldn't walk on fences wolves generally don't you know the bad wolf lay there all day in a very unhappy state of mind slowly picking out the shot from his skin with his teeth and rubbing his wounds with a rattlesnake oil which is the great medicine for wolves he thought a good deal about what had happened and he felt a dreadful hate for the farmer. I wasn't doing anything to him, thought the bad wolf. What did he want to shoot at me for? I'll get even with him some day. So he thought and thought and thought, until he was simply wild with hate, and he said to himself that as soon as he was well, he would do something to punish the farmer. The next night the shot holes were beginning to heal up, so he crept out of his den once more and caught a rabbit after he had eaten it he went through the fields near the farmer's house and prowled around there in the dark a long while he did this every night for a week and in that time he found out some things that interested him very much one was that the farmer had a little daughter the other was that in the warm summer weather many of the windows of the house were left open all night long the bad wolf thought over these things a great deal if he could only get into the house some night through the windows he could carry off the little girl to his den and eat her he had always wanted to eat a little girl and besides to do this would punish the farmer worse than anything that he could do but he was too much of a coward to try such a thing all alone he was dreadfully afraid of the shotgun and so he said to himself that he would get some other animal to fight the farmer while he himself caught the little girl he was very mean in this for he rather hoped that the farmer would kill the other animal while the little girl was being carried off if he does said the bad wolf to himself then i can have the whole of little girl for my own eating so he went about looking for someone to help him he knew that the good wolf would not have anything to do with such a plan so he went first to the brown bear who lived among the rocks in the middle of the woods but the brown bear as soon as he heard of it grew very angry with the bad wolf and struck him a blow with his big paw that knocked him head over heels then he tried the wild cat that lived in a great beech tree near the edge of the woods but the wild cat did not like the bad wolf and told him so you are a thief and a coward said the wild cat and you only want to get me into trouble so that you may have something to eat for yourself go on or i'll claw your fur off so the bad wolf had to give up the idea of getting help from any of the animals that he knew yet he would not give up his plan And at last he became so set upon it that he decided to do a very desperate thing. I'll go to the red wolves in the lonely forest, said he. Now, the red wolves were wolves that had nothing to do with the wolves that were black. They were much bigger and fiercer, and usually hunted in packs, so that even men with guns never liked to meet them. They lived in a great forest called the Lonely Forest, about twenty miles away from the woods where the bad wolf's den was. The lonely forest was as dark as night, even in the daytime. For the vines grew all over the tops of the trees and shut out the light, and there were great marshes and black pools in it, and gloomy caverns and huge dark dens, where the red wolves prowled all day and night. It was a fearful place, and if the bad wolf had not been very wicked and very revengeful, he would never have thought of going there for help against the farmer. Nevertheless, he did make up his mind to visit the lonely forest. So one night after midnight he set out on his journey and reached the lonely forest, just at daybreak when he crept into its gloomy shadows and saw how dark and dreadful it looked he shivered with fear but he had gone too far to stop so he tried to look brave as he slunk along through the thick fern and the matted ivy that tangled his feet at every step he had gone about half a mile and was in the very darkest and gloomiest part then all of a sudden he heard a low growl that made his blood run cold a moment later a great head was thrust out of a thicket "'and two red eyeballs glared at him like coals of fire. "'It was an enormous wolf that squatted there as a sort of sentinel. "'What do you mean?' said the red wolf in a terrible voice. "'By coming into the lonely forest, you a black wolf, "'whom we tear in pieces whenever we find him.' "'The bad wolf's voice trembled as he answered. "'I come as a friend,' he said, "'and I wish to do you a favor. "'If you will let me tell you what I want, "'it will bring you meat for days. "'Ugh!' growled the red wolf we ask no favors of the black wolves they are weak and cowardly but come follow me the red wolf led the way through the forest and the black wolf followed him he was sorry enough now to think that he had ever come to this fearful place he fancied that perhaps the red wolf was only leading him to some dark cavern to be torn in pieces and eaten his legs trembled so that he could scarcely walk but it was now too late to turn back he must go on presently the red wolf turned into a gloomy sort of glade and came to an open place where the ground was cleared of bushes and was perfectly level great rocks rose on three sides of it and walled it in like a room at the end was a spring of water by which lay three wolves one in the middle was the biggest wolf that the bad wolf had ever seen he was covered with shaggy red hair so long that it swept the ground and on top of his head was a thick tuft of fur almost as red as fire he was a terrible-looking creature the two wolves that sat on each side of him were not so large but they were strong and fierce-looking one of them was almost gray the wolf with the tuft on his head was the king of the red wolves and the other two were his messengers when the king saw the bad wolf coming up with the guide he sat up on his haunches what have you there he asked in a voice that made the rocks sing a black wolf ha why did you not kill him and bring his body here he asked to speak with you said the guide bowing low and rubbing his nose on the ground he promises much meat if you will hear him speak on black wolf commanded the king but use few words i like not the voice of the black wolves great king of the red wolves said the bad wolf i come to offer you a rare hunt near the woods where i live stands the house of a man a farmer in it live the farmer and his wife and his little girl at night they do not close their windows but leave them open send one or two of your best fighters with me and i will lead them to this house they can enter in the night and kill the farmer and his wife and his little girl good eating for you o king of the red wolves ha growled the king why do you come here to tell me this and why do you not keep this eating for your own kind you a black wolf and no friend to us You mean some trick, some treachery, huh? No, King of the Red Wolves, said the Bad Wolf. I mean no trick. I will speak the truth. I hate the farmer, and I wish him eaten. But I'm not strong enough to enter and to fight with him. It is you and your wolves who are strong and brave. Good, said the King. I understand. I will give you the two you ask, but you are not to expect for any portion of the meat yourself yours shall be all the revenge and ours shall be all the meat the bad wolf looked crestfallen at this but he thought to himself aha while they are fighting i'll make sure of the little girl and slip away with her but he said aloud i agree send with me two of your wolves the king spoke to his messengers go you he said with the black wolf and hunt as he shall direct and do you go too he said turning to the guide there's no need of three said the bad wolf why'd you send him also to watch you said the king in a terrible voice and if he find you playing with any treacherous trick he shall tear you in pieces and drink your blood the bad wolf trembled i i am a faithful ally said he i i play no tricks you had better not growled the king now go these wolves will stay with you here till nightfall AND THEN ALL OF YOU CAN GO FORTH ON THE HUNT FOR MAN'S MEAT. THE THREE WOLVES THEN LED THE BAD WOLF BACK TO A GREAT DARK CAVE WHOSE SIDES WERE SLIMY WITH TOADSTOOLS AND KEPT HIM THERE ALL DAY. THEY GAVE HIM A PIECE OF BULL MEAT FOR HIS DINNER AND SOME WATER IN A TURTLE SHELL. WHEN IT WAS NEARLY NIGHT THEY CALLED HIM AND THE FOUR SET OUT TOGETHER ON THEIR LONG RUN ACROSS THE OPEN FIELDS. THE GREAT WOLF RAN ON ONE SIDE OF THE BAD WOLF, THE OTHER MESSENGER ON THE OTHER the guide followed close behind on and on and on they went trotting swiftly over hill and dale through bushes and briars past groves and swamps swimming through rivers and wading through brooks at about midnight they passed around the bad wolf's woods and came to the farmer's yard there said the bad wolf pointing there's the house where the farmer lives the lights in the house were all out but the starlight showed where it was The four wolves crept up to the house, and then lay down for a while to rest a little after their long run, and get their breath for the fight. Now it happened that on this particular evening a strong breeze was blowing, so that the night was very cool, and the farmer had shut the lower windows of the house, and locked them fast. Consequently, when the four wolves had got their breath, and had crawled stealthily up to the house, they found no opening within their reach. The red wolves turned fiercely on the bad wolf, you have lied to us snarled they you have lied to us and you shall die no no cried the bad wolf i told you the truth only it is different somehow to-night but see see there is an upper window open sure enough an upper window on the second floor was still unfastened the reason of it was that the farmer after undressing himself and putting out the lights had felt like smoking his pipe before going to bed and was sitting in his chair by the window at that very moment But of course the wolves did not know this. They only saw that the window was open. It's very high, said the gray wolf. We can never jump so high as that. No, said the guide, but we must get in. Let us make a pile of wolves. I will stand at the bottom. The black wolf here can climb on my back, and you two can get up on him. And the top wolf can easily climb into the window. Yes, said the gray wolf, but there will then be only one to fight the man. Is that enough? there will be no fight said the guide they're all asleep do you slip softly in and find their sleeping room and kill them while they sleep one good bite in the throat for each will be enough come make the pile as he spoke the guide took his place under the window and the bad wolf tried to climb upon his back but he was clumsy and the strange thing that he was doing so excited him that he could scarcely keep his balance upon the red wolf he had to try it several times The other wolves helped him, and when he showed himself so awkward, they growled at him and threatened him with their teeth. Now the farmer, as he sat inside the room smoking, heard the growls and the scuffling of paws on the ground below, and he leaned over very cautiously and looked out. There were four great wolves right under the window. Jiminy, said the farmer to himself, what's all this? The farmer had been a great hunter when he was a young man, and he knew any minute that the wolves were red wolves, strong and fierce and not cowardly like most of the black wolves. He knew, too, that they had come to enter his house and to kill him and his wife and his little girl. He could not at first see how they expected to get in, but a second peep showed him their plan, that they were going to climb up upon each other's backs to the open window. Jiminy, said the farmer again, the pesky critters all pepper their hides. So he took down his gun and his powder horn and began to load. He put in a tremendous charge of powder and then felt for his bag of bullets. All of a sudden, he remembered that it was empty. Jiminy, he said, I'll have to use shot. But when he took up his shot pouch, he found that he had no shot left either, not even bird shot. He was greatly startled. He put his gun down and took another peep out of the window. By this time, three of the wolves had got into place the guide on the ground, the bad wolf next, and one of the messengers on his back in a few minutes more the gray wolf would be climbing into the window the farmer thought hard an idea came into his head hurrah he said under his breath i'll fix em. he remembered that the next day was his wife's washing day and that everything in the kitchen was ready for it he hurried downstairs in his bare feet to the basement there on the big stove was a great copper cauldron full of hot water all ready for the morning's wash it held about eight gallons of water all steaming and scalding hot aha cried the farmer joyfully we'll have a wolf wash he lifted the cauldron off the fire by the handle and carried it quickly up the stairs to the open window and rested it on the sill just at that moment the huge head of the gray wolf appeared at the opening his jaws wide open his teeth gleaming and his eyes glaring in the darkness take that roared the farmer and he upset the whole cauldron out of the window a perfect cataract of scalding water went sizzling right into the face of the gray wolf and down the backs of the other wolves below every drop was as hot as a coal of fire and burned and scalded straight through their fur the four wolves gave a horrible yell of pain and the whole pile of them tumbled to the ground writhing and squirming and howling just then the farmer who was watching them remembered something he turned back into the room struck a match and took down from the shelf a paper of long tacks why didn't i think of this before he said he picked up his gun and poured the whole paper of tacks into the gun barrel and then rammed down a piece of paper after it then he went to the window and took aim at the four wolves that were writhing in a solid mass below bang went the gun with a great spirit of fire and in half a second about a thousand tacks were sticking all over the skins of the wolves like cloves in a pudding this was more than they could stand with loud howls they rushed across the lawn and tore down the road as fast as their legs could carry them their skins burned so from the scalding water that when they reached the brook where the frogs lived they jumped right into it and lay down in the cool water oh how good it felt but the moment the red wolves felt a little better they all three leaped upon the bad wolf who had brought them into so much trouble they seized him by the neck and held him under the water till they thought he was drowned and all the while biting him and snapping great pieces out of his back. When they supposed that he was dead, they came out of the brook and hurried home to the lonely forest, for they knew that it would be daylight very soon, and that if they should be seen, parties of men would come out with guns and shoot them. The bad wolf was not dead, but he was almost dead, and when he crawled out of the brook, it took him all the rest of the night to hobble back to his den. His ears were bitten off, big strips of fur had been scalded out by the hot water and his skin was full of tacks the next morning he lay on his bed of leaves groaning when the good wolf happened along and came in the fox had told him something of what had happened good morning he said to the bad wolf why what's the matter you don't seem well the bad wolf was too miserable to think of any new excuse so he said i i i fell off a fence and hurt my back what again said the good wolf with a grin well you look as though when you fell you'd fallen into a sausage chopper and he went away laughing end of chapter nine